Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. This show is intended for information purposes only, but we're not experts. We're just two guys within the Bitcoin community. Bitcoin is an experiment in the separation of money and state. You'll be surprised how many will support that. And adoption is the only thing that matters. Podcast. Uh, I am your first host, Marcello. And I am your second host, B. This is uh, Corey, your third host. And we've really hit our stride. We're now on iTunes. Uh, we're doing really good, guys. Sweet. So, today, we're going to shoot the shit with you guys. We're just going to round the table. We're going to talk about things that are going on in Bitcoin. We're going to talk about how awesome it is, how not awesome it is. Benjamin Lasky, you suck. Kind of. Um, I can't really figure it out. Bit license. We're going to talk about this great debate with the blockchain. <laughs> blockchain. And um, what do you want to talk about, Dr. Petty? You know, I want to talk about the Lightning Network, but I need to learn more. So we'll just shoot the shit on the Lightning Network for a little while. See how things go. Okay. Well, let's start with something that affects one of us directly. Uh, we're in the States. Corey's in Brazil. Uh, they are opening a Bitcoin center in Brazil. Uh, I don't know if you heard about that, Corey. Um, I have not. Yeah, there's they're building four, I think. It's a company called Bitcoin to You, and they aspire to launch Bitcoin centers across Brazil. They, I think they serve as meeting places. Uh, so, I mean, do you think this is important? Uh, having a physical presence in South American major cities? You know, from what I had read recently, there's not there's not a lot of uh, Bitcoin going on in South America other than like the past month, it's starting to rise. They said something like 500 Bitcoins were traded in the last uh, day or two. But before that, there hasn't been much. So it's starting to rise. This... You know, things like this could be could be fantastic for a lot of the people coming together because the the government has such a large amount of control over the people and the art and the and the and the currency here is kind of fallen by the wayside and people aren't very confident in it. What's the uh, yeah. what's the capital city of Brazil? Why are you gonna ask me questions like that, man? I don't know, Brasilia. <laughs> I think it. I think it, that's where they're opening it, and then where it's you in are. Brasilia? Sao, Sao Paulo? Paulo. That's next. I'm in Sao, Sao José dos Campos, which is in Sao, the state of Sao Paulo. Okay, you're next, and then uh, Florianopolis. Florianopolis. Yes, that's coming and after you. So city. you're next in line. Nice. This is, a, and so I'm not in a very major city. It's, I mean, the, the population here is seven hundred thousand or so. Uh, so it's a good sized city, but nothing near the size of Sao Paulo or Rio. And there's, it's, it's like a, it's almost like a, a military city and a school city. So people come here for business. So it could be, Bitcoin could be great for here, but you don't hear much about it. Granted, I don't speak very much. Maybe it's not the size of the city and just the, I mean, maybe there's just a lot of technological advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Is Brasilia a real place or are you making that shit up? No, Brasilia is a real place. I just checked, it and is. it is. He was right. Is that where Belanca is? Brasilia is the capital. <laughs> <laughs> you know, by the way, people here 
are still kind of butthurt that the Brazilian representative of Street Fighter is uh, Blanca. Butthurt still? That was in the 80s. Yeah, but, it's, you know, it's a little far far back. Well, I mean... <laughs> you can stop his electricity with a foot sweep, which I never got. <laughs> no, you can't. Can you? Yeah. If you're yeah, Ken or Ryu, if you do a foot sweep, it takes care of all of that. If you got that super powerful <laughs> eel, you can go through electricity with that eel. Bring enough momentum. Um, yeah, so I have been seeing articles like that where it's like, Brazil, best volume of all time. Brazil. <laughs> It's coming up, but in the past it hasn't been doing anything. It's like it's 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 almost a perfect a perfect storm for where Bitcoin can rise and become a useful currency outside of like places where people don't have access to banks like Africa, which we'll talk about soon. Um, but here it's because of the, the governmental corruption and the and the weakness of the HEI or the HEAL, which is the the currency here. It's it's perfect for people trying to. S- put their money to where it'll it'll maintain its value as opposed to lose its value like what's going to happen like the people put their money in a bank are just going to lose value because the hei is losing its value compared to the dollar and other major currencies in the world well they've been setting up franchises there for a year and you've never heard of it so they're doing a terrible job promoting this granted that's you know that that may not be them doing a terrible job that may be me doing you know keeping my head to the grindstone and not paying attention to the things going on around me well, you're on a podcast now, sir. So, <laughs> yeah, you got. I'm official. Um, no, it's don't get it twisted. It's, they're doing a terrible job. They're probably sending out pigeons. What they call pigeon couriers. <laughs> yeah. <little. laughs> no, but I kind of think that things are going to take off in a place like Brazil far before they take off in a place like the U.S. Because we're spoiled here in the U.S. We don't need any new money. We got the money that everybody uses already. Well, so. people in the, like, when we first started out, like, you know, admittedly, the three of us got into Bitcoin because we were trying to make a buck. You know, it was, yeah. it was right when things were blowing up. We're like, oh, this could be a good investment property. Yeah, the technology is really intriguing. And we, we like this type of, you know, thing to look into and research. But, you know, we're going to put our money into it because hopefully it makes the price grows and we make some money off of it in the first place. That's why we started doing mining and stuff. But even like uh, Andreas Antonopoulos in the beginning, when people were asking him questions about what is Bitcoin? Why does Bitcoin work? Well, people make money on Bitcoin. He's like, I don't care about any of that. I care about the, about the majority of the people on the earth who don't have access to banks, which Bitcoin is going to benefit in the long run. And that's what we're seeing yeah. it coming into play the most. Absolutely. I think, and where it will come into play in the next 10 years or so. How many times do you think we have to call out Andreas before he gets on the show? As many <laughs> times as necessary. <laughs> Andreas, Andreas. Um, well, that's cool for Brazil. I, I hope that it takes off there because I know like, currency can kind of be funny in places like Brazil and uh, I was reading... Like maybe even Mexico. I think Mexico had a big influx of volume this past week, so that was kind of cool. And it's good that it's taken off all over the place. I like seeing these little clippings and these headlines. It's like, it's so do we know? Do we know what this volume is, or is it just we see transactions? Do we, do we have any idea of like what these transactions are, or where they're headed, or if it's just like people hoarding money, or if they're using services? Uh. I believe that 
it charges customers a percentage fee for completed trades. And then on top of that, it offers a monthly membership for more extensive services available at certain locations. And I think that's how they make their money. Well, it promotes Bitcoin, and it shows that Bitcoin is here to stay, even to those who are a little skeptical. Yeah. And the more, you know, more construction that gets built, the more barriers are broken down, and that's good for everybody. Yeah. It's only a matter of time. I actually, I like to try and read the writings on the wall. There's some stuff going on. I'm actually a little worried that, like... The same forces that own all the things are now trying to put themselves in the checkmate position to where Bitcoin does start gaining traction as like a remittance tool or, I don't know, basically a remittance tool. People are flowing money through this bad boy. Um, Are they trying to put themselves in a position to capitalize on all that? That's what I'm worried about. Well, these new... I was trying to read about these new uh, laws, these, these new, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's escaped my mind for a moment. The new uh, regulations yeah. on Bitcoin in New York and this being the skeleton model for, or template for anyone who wants to do the same type of thing where you know companies who deal with Bitcoin have to get these licenses, bit license, to, in order to do business. And that, you know, which requires you to, you know, people who, do Bitcoin transactions? You're requiring to get their name and their at you know their age and shit like that to yeah. uh, you know it's Defeats. essentially defeating the point of Bitcoin. I mean <coughs> the whole point, but in some you know some yeah. people's point of view, a lot of it. Um, I'm curious if if the you know on the on the outside shell you see this you know oh my god this is the an- antithesis of what Bitcoin is supposed to be. Or in the end, these, these, will, these will end up being what saves the main body of Bitcoin from these Wall Street capitalists or you know, these Wall Street people, big shots who are trying to funnel all of their money and take over and essentially defeat the whole idea of Bitcoin in the first place. I don't, I, it's, it's so foggy that I don't know the answer to that, but I'm intrigued to see where it goes. I think they keep it that way for a reason. They keep it nice and foggy. People don't understand what's going on, but we get these little bits, you know, like well, New York no, I mean, it's, it's Coinbase, it's, Nasdaq. The only reason it's foggy is because we're ignorant. It's well, how are you going to? Who's, not who's be going ignorant? through the 112-page document of regulations to see how it works and the intricacies of what these regulations are trying to say and how how these it's got to be big rigs who have all the money are going to try and manipulate this type of thing. Is any one person listening knows reading that regulation? <laughs> so somebody is. Businesses who are businesses who have to pay the five thousand dollars to get a license certainly are. Yeah, that's true. Do you think I saw? I was on Reddit, like dilly dallying, and I saw that if all the states adopt this and they just run with it, then. Every single state you want to operate in as a Bitcoin business, you have to pay that $5,000. So what is that? That's that $250,000 if you want to be across the whole U.S. It's kind of messed up. No? Yeah. It's, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Short answer. Um, Bit license, I think it's a good thing because it gets, you know, it gets some regulation on the table, some regulation infrastructure. Maybe with some regulation infrastructure, we can get a little bit of capital in this market cap. We can, you know, see what Bitcoin is really possible of doing. But who knows? Let's see how it all comes down. All right. Um, so we've been talking a little bit about how Bitcoin works internationally. What we need to do next is how do we get it to work in Africa? Now you might think, why do I care? I live in the U.S. Well, technology is becoming ubiquitous. We need to find a way to make it easy to seize Africa's opportunities. So although conventional wisdom tells us that Bitcoin is likely to have higher adoption in developing countries than in developed ones like the ones we live in, the reality is very different. So... Joining us now is Tawada Kembo, live in Zimbabwe. TK. TK. And he's been a Bitcoin evangelist there for several years now. And he's going to just give us the lowdown. Um, and like I said, it's important to know how Bitcoin is developing in other countries because that helps us educate it a little bit better on how it works over here as well. So Absolutely. without further ado, our first Bitcoin TK. podcast guest. Come on, TK. So TK, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, hi, my name is Tawanda Kembo. I, I got in, involved in Bitcoin around July 2013, and I, I just participated in the space. I uh, contributed some source code to the co-Bitcoin co project. I, I I wrote a few blog posts on it. I got really excited by Bitcoin. I worked on a couple of other projects, uh, such as the Bitcoin Dictionary. And, and then I I I've been involved in Bitcoin for about two years before I decided to to work on a startup, and I'm working on a startup now called Bitfinance, which is uh, making it easy for people to buy and sell Bitcoin in Zimbabwe. And our plans are to uh, to to grow throughout Africa and other developing countries. And you just got a, a pretty big investment towards uh, Bitfinance as well, correct? Yeah, we've got uh, we've just got our first investment from the Savannah Fund, which we're really excited about. Very nice. Yeah, that's huge. That's that's pretty huge. Um, it's good to see that your uh, passions, your initial passions towards Bitcoin, evolved into something so awesome. You're making it easy and really uh, accessible uh, for people in Africa to get Bitcoin. But what I want to know is, uh, how were you first introduced to Bitcoin? And how quickly did you accept it as something uh, to put time and effort into understanding? Uh, okay, I first did about Bitcoin around July 2013, and it was it was a tweet which talked about this uh, a decentralized decentralized digital currency, and the idea didn't quite make sense to me then. So I I followed the tweet, and then I. I uh, found myself reading Satoshi White Paper a few hours later. And I really got excited by this technology. I think it's particularly because I lived in Zimbabwe between 2008 and 2009 when uh, when the hyperinflation was so terrible. Uh, also because I also worked on a, on a financial services startup which, which failed. And I think it kind of failed because we, we couldn't get past the regulatory compliance head. Or, so... Now I'm reading about this decentralized digital currency, 
which you can start using and start developing your apps on top of without having to get permission from anyone. Uh, what is more, I'm reading about this currency, which allows you to do business across borders. So, for example, send remittances from one country to another without having to pay uh, transaction fees. So, so that idea really excited me, and I c- kind of immediately got obsessed with the idea of Bitcoin. I turned into a Bitcoin evangelist immediately. I, I wrote my first blog on Bitcoin uh, to two weeks later. It was it was entitled "What Everyone Should Know About Bitcoin." And I published published it in a local uh, in a local tech blog, which was uh, which is popular in Zimbabwe. It's called TechZim, and I guess that's how my journey began. So, when you're trying to convince people locally through tech blogs or other sources in Zimbabwe, uh, do you have a lot of pushback trying to convince people that the system works? Is there a certain demographic that you experience the most pushback from? Maybe it's the old, the young, the affluent. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I guess, like, I guess I get the most pushback from people we have, uh, we, we have heard about Bitcoin from, uh, usually from the media. Well, these days, not so much. Back in those days, uh, Bitcoin was known for, was kind of known as this currency, which is used by criminals to launder money, uh, which is a currency for criminals or, or a currency where people just lose their money. So people had those those concerns that is it safe uh isn't it a currency for illegal activities if i'm using bitcoin am i not using a currency for illegal activities so so that 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 was the kind of reaction i would get at first when when i would talk to people about bitcoin but 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 now i guess because people uh a lot of people i meet have read about bitcoin a few times before People kind of just want to understand how it works. So I try to spend some time explaining how the whole technology works. I try to help them open a wallet if they, are, they have a smartphone on them and then send them a dollar worth of Bitcoin so that they can start to see that uh, you could have been sitting in Mogadishu and I can be in, in Nairobi, Kenya, and I can send you money instantly with almost no transaction fees. And, uh, and now I guess people... Kind of notice that people get excited when when they get a chance to interact with it and use it a bit. So it's almost a race between you and the media. Who can get to them first and who can explain it properly because they don't want to get bad information. Okay, sorry, can you come again? I didn't get that question. Uh, well, you said you know that, that the media provides the biggest pushback, so it's kind of like a race to educate people. So I guess you're competing with bad channels of information you're trying to provide the right kind of information to these people. Yeah, back in those days, that, that was the case. These days, it's now a little bit different because people are hearing about Bitcoin from multiple sources. So, And, uh, and the narrative is a lot better these days than it was in, in July 2013. So back in those days, did anybody ever accuse you of anything ridiculous? Were they like... Tawanda's pushing that drug money, guys. Don't listen to him. He's pushing the drug money. Did he get any accusations like that? Well, not quite. I, I think <laughs> I think those that were that were dismissive were uh, just thought this is geek money because I'm like my as a geek and uh, and they'll just dismiss it as geek money. Something will will never. It's like writing code. So uh, a lot of people I'd speak to would be like, it's something we'll never have to use or something we'll never have to do. It's, it's money for gigs. Uh, 
but 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 what's interesting is uh the story of how I got my first few bitcoins. So I I I written a blog post about Bitcoin and then someone uh someone reads this blog post and then they say they reach out to me at one point later and say I was talking to someone on WhatsApp, uh someone who's who's in Zimbabwe and this person was in the US and they say this person is run out of airtime on their phone. Can I send you a dollar worth of Bitcoin and then you buy this person uh airtime? And and that's how I how I got my first few uh, my first few bitcoins. It was a dollar worth of bitcoin, and I uh, bought someone airtime something they couldn't do from the US because they have no access to uh, to the airtime network here in uh, the, the airtime network in Zimbabwe, and you can't send a dollar using Western Union. So 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 it was amazing. It's very functional, very functional. Yeah. So to rewind a little bit. You were talking about everything. Well, some things being kind of corrupt. Uh, we noticed in some of your interviews you talk about that. So do you think Bitcoin has the qualities to disrupt the corruption over there? Of course, yes. But I think by its very design, Bitcoin is designed to be, uh, to be, to be a transparent currency. All the Bitcoin transactions are recorded on a transparent blockchain, which uh, so, so everyone can see what transaction happens. So if, if a government was to adopt Bitcoin, for instance, and uh, many of our governments here in Africa are known for uh, a reputation for corruption, but if a government were to, to adopt Bitcoin, for instance, and they were going to publicly display their Bitcoin address, it's very easy to track all the money which they are getting if they use just Bitcoin alone. So uh, Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin gives transparency, and transparency is what we need to fight corruption. So yes, I, I strongly believe Bitcoin is a technology which can end corruption. Yes, another win for Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, so I mean, if we're going to elaborate on the corruption, uh, I guess we're talking more in terms of bribing is a way of life. Um, is this because of a lack of trust in the government entities? I mean, so if we're providing these people with a better way of how money works, is this going to change their thinking? Like, can we? Re- rehabilitate criminals in Africa by giving them a better system of money. I, I think it would be. A, I think it would be a good, good, nice step. It won't, uh, won't end corruption entirely on day one. It. Uh, I'm reminded of the parable of the elephant in the hummingbird, which goes something like uh, a hummingbird once, and this happened a very long time ago. A hummingbird once went and lay on an elephant's back with its back on the elephant's back, so its feet are facing up. And then the elephant asked this hummingbird, what are you doing? And the hummingbird says, I hear that the sky is going to fall, so I'm going to try to lift the sky when it falls with my, uh, with my legs. And then the elephant starts laughing and says, so you think your legs are going to be big enough to hold up the whole sky? And the hummingbird says, no, I don't, but... Uh, I'm doing the best I can with the resources I have now. And if everyone plays their part, we may be able to just hold up the sky. And I think this is kind of the situation we uh, we have in Africa where corruption is so rife and uh, uh, Bitcoin may not end corruption entirely on day one, but uh, the sky is falling and uh, Bitcoin may, is, is doing the best it can to hold up the sky. So that, that's the way I see it. I think that's a great way to put it, and hopefully it goes beyond a desire to secure and accumulate wealth and people's eyes begin to open. 
Okay. Yep. I um I like that analogy. It's a good metaphor. Yeah. So many analogies. Bitcoin. <laughs> so many. Um so we've been Googling notable figures in Bitcoin and your name keeps popping up pretty frequently. So how does that make you feel to know that you're coming up in the Bitcoin world? Can we call you a Bitcoin rock star? <laughs> Can we call you that? <laughs> I I think think of myself as a Bitcoin evangelist. Well, with great power comes great yeah. responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> He's the Spider-Man one. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, um, of course, because people now start looking up to you. So, uh, so, so you you now have the responsibility to make sure that you are putting the correct information out there. Well, we think you're doing a great job. Amazing job. And yeah. So I guess to steer away from the Bitcoin conversation just a little bit, um, does Zimbabwe have a signature dish? Cuisine. Cuisine. And if so, can I buy it with Bitcoin? Not, not right now. Uh-huh. Not right now. And this is the problem we're trying to solve in Zimbabwe. So, but, but I predict that in a couple of months, we'll have a lot more merchants accepting Bitcoin in Zimbabwe. Nice. Cool. Signature dish? Does it have a signature dish? Like here in America, yes, it's called Sat. It's called what? Uh, it's called Sadza, and um, in, in Sadza, so, so in the office we we normally use the term Sadza to to just refer to food. But yes, our signature dish is called Sadza. Sadza. Yeah, I think we're gonna have that tomorrow. <laughs> Let's look it up to try. Mate. <laughs> um, I guess final question, Delanda, is if you could describe Bitcoin in ten words or less, what would be that description? Hmm. Well, well, it would be a decentralized digital, a decentralized digital currency, and what I mean by that is digital cash for the internet. Digital cash, I like yeah. it. Digital cash, money two So, uh, jumping back in, um, if the Bitcoin industry really wants to take on Apple Pay, Apple Pay, Apple Pay, Apple Pay. it has to reinvent, right? So, news yeah. news broke out yeah. this week, some good news. Google, Google. So, we all use Evernote, right? We love it. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> But I recognize its power. You just open the little green elephant symbol and just don't even click it. Well, people use it. <laughs> Other people use it. Um, Bitcoin Wallet and Provider Circle received an honorable mention. They didn't win, but they got recognized at the Google Awards this past week. Uh, for a little bit of perspective, uh, their wallet was listed alongside Evernote, Tumblr, BuzzFeed. So in essence, they encourage Android users to use it. And the only way to use it is if you buy Bitcoin. So Google... They threw their hat in the ring. They want to take down Apple, and it's become increasingly more increasingly easier to buy Bitcoin. It's easier to you know to get the money that you have in the bank and buy the money, like buy Bitcoin, and then like okay, now I have a, a different digital number on my phone that represents money, as opposed to the other digital number that I'm used to on my phone that represents money from Visa. And everybody hates on Coinbase, but that USD wallet, man, I can't wait till that comes to where I am. Yeah. Because then you get a choice, and when say you're shopping online, 
and you'd rather pay with Bitcoin than pay with dollars, and it's like effortless. It's like, okay, I'll pay with dollars here, I'll pay with Bitcoin there. You can even prop, I think Coinbase is going to be probably a little wise and make, maybe have a debit card or something. I don't well, know, I mean, ask, there has to be, there has to be some type of transition from what people understand now to the future. Yeah. I mean, like, has anybody seen the picture? Of a guy who's riding in the hood of a car but has horses hooked up to the car. No. You never seen that picture? It's uh -oh. awesome. I saw it on uh, the website a long time ago and it was like what people what people look like when they say blockchain blockchain without Bitcoin. And it's like a guy riding in the hood of like a Model T with horses carrying the Model T around, two horsepower, big engine. And and that's what it reminds me of, like that, just that. Like it doesn't make any sense. The way I see it, in, in my, in my uh, the, way, the analogy that I see personally is this, these next certain technologies that will have to make, that will have to be pre present in order for Bitcoin, Bitcoin or other whatever blockchain technology that takes over for, trend, yeah, for transactions is MP3 CDs. And for those of us who <laughs> had a point. car that are around the age of like 25 to, I don't know, 35 to 40 or whatever, remember what these are. And it was before <laughs> MP3s really hit off and everyone had these big ass notebooks of CDs. And you're like, hey, man, what do you want to listen to? All right, pick out that CD and that big notebook of CDs in my car and put it in the CD player. And then, it has 250 songs and then you met that dude that's like, oh, wait, uh, where is it? Oh, it's on this one CD. I got 400 songs, and they're MP3s. Like, what, man? You have that many songs on a CD? How is that possible? MP3s, no big deal. Put my you CD in. <laughs> MP3, three, three. And, <laughs> but the technology was MP3s. It was a, you know, it was a, it was a much more... Um, compressed format of good audio quality but people still needed the actual physical media to be comfortable because everyone had this infrastructure of playing cds and nowadays no one's like computers don't even come with cd players anymore there's no there's no dvd drive in your in your laptop it's all in thumb drives and mp3 that's true i have a mac that doesn't have a cd drive and so it's it takes it takes these intermediate physical medias to to slowly move and evolve into the, what we want. People wanted to just be MP3s. Or the people who created MP3s wanted that. But it takes infrastructure to get there. It, that's Kira. That's how she feels about it. <laughs> so, is the Circle app competing with Coinbase? Or is it a happy marriage? It does with me. I got both of them. So which one do you prefer? Uh, Mobile Circle is way better, in my opinion. For some reason the Coinbase app, um, shout out to anyone, if anyone from Coinbase is listening to our itty podcast, your app always forgets that I have your wallet on my phone, so I have to do a bunch of random security stuff with my email, and it's stupid. Is that a, is that a, is that a user error? No, it's not, because I've even talked to the people. <laughs> the you gotta ask these questions. People. The little bubble that pops up every time you go to Coinbase. Customer support. <laughs> well, I've heard I've heard stories that someone sent a developer 
uh, a fix in their code, and they rewarded that guy by sending him like twenty bitcoins. So they do that. You should do that. First, I gotta learn how to code. Then, <laughs> oh, don't fix the problem. Just tell him, hey, tell him the maybe you'll get like half a bitcoin. Just yeah. telling him. I want my reward. Okay. <laughs> Give me my reward. Um, well, it seems like everyone is bullying Apple. You know what I mean? Uh, everybody wants to take a big guy down. If you have a product that's gaining a lot of usage, it's probably a good idea to back it. And I feel like Apple is just resisting on purpose at this point. You know what I mean? They've got enough money. They can buy a country right now. They could just say, hey, we're a country. The United Apple. They, they got so much yeah. money, they could just do it. I, I don't think they have a monopoly, though. Uh, like they used to. Not like, the, I think not like they are getting to, an, for sure. Androids and iPods and iPads and phone technology has caught up to Apple, so that it's no longer this everyone play catch up with Apple. It's exactly, and I think the same is happening with the way money is being handled. Yeah, yeah it's not. It's, it's I haven't heard the same a lot of good stuff about Apple Pay to tell you the truth. Well, it's 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 a it's a mad grab to continue what they're trying to do to hold on to this 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 new technology that's coming out. And they're like, you know what? Like, you, I can I can just imagine the board meetings of these high executives. Like, have you heard of this Bitcoin thing? You know what? Let's do this. And then you have these executives who have no idea about the technology or understand anything about it, telling other people to just start doing this shit. We're going to take money from everybody and do whatever's what do whatever they're doing, but they don't quite understand the technology. So they're just telling people who they're coders who work for them to do it for them. And you know, you know, Apple Pay or isn't. A decentralized technology. It's not. It doesn't work off a of blockchain. It's not. Yeah. It's not the same thing. I think it could. Well, it could. Easily back into the back and uh, engineer backside to handle digital currency, especially Bitcoin. I think it wouldn't be a stretch. They got smart people at Apple. They can make it happen. But you know, I think Bitcoin fits in with the Google's company yeah. ethos. Yeah. You know, don't be evil. People. <laughs> don't be evil. Yeah, you know, it's a positive movement. Yeah. Bitcoin, I think, is an extremely positive movement, but it gets it gets shat on in the news. It's crazy. And then, have you guys, either one of you ever been to, like, I don't know, CNBC or one of those random money sites and seen the comments at the bottom? I try not to. People leave. Oh, my goodness. It's like someone mm-hmm. think Bitcoin is like the Antichrist. Well, I think I think it's all up to the physical retailers. The more physical retailers that accept it, the more people are forced to use it, and more people understand it. I think it's the key booster in getting that attitude turned around. Yeah, yeah. and the retailers are convince their distributors to take it. There's got to be closed loops. You're right, and time. it's that's it true. It's 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 the first. Well, the first step is getting people's awareness, and that comes through. You know. Every, you know, everyday businesses going out and be like, oh, we also accept Bitcoin. And people are like, what's Bitcoin? And then you can have some type of, of way of introducing someone to Bitcoin. And then the next step is, at least for widespread adoption, is that these large companies like, say, you know, Overstock and Dell who trade, you know, crazy amounts of, of, of money or you know, these, you know, large corporations who trade large amounts of money trading in Bitcoin and no longer accepting Bitcoin and then trading into dollars and then trading in dollars. They're doing their exchanges through Bitcoin. And, you, and a lot of these banks nowadays are, are at least researching, at the very least, researching blockchain technologies so they can trade money along these 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 networks rails. as opposed to you know, rails or networks, whatever you call them, as opposed to <laughs> using these 
you know, antiquated techniques of trading money so that you have to go through the, the, you know, specialized three different banks or whatever it is that currently happens. And it's the next step is these large corporations trading amongst each other in the, in the revenue of Bitcoin. Revenue is probably not the right word. But I think it's kind of neat. We naturally went into what I want to bring up next. And it has been pretty much the only thing you can read about in the Bitcoin sphere. And that is increasing the block size. The debate. The great debate. As of right now. And we would not be right we would not be a legitimate podcast if we completely ignored yeah. the blockchain increase. Fuck the best news. We're not gonna do that. <laughs> We're gonna do our own thing. I don't know. Hold up, real quick, quick fire. We're gonna get votes. Jello, do we increase the block size? I don't know. It's too early to tell. That's not a vote. You can't do that. Well, Corey, you go first then, and I'll. That might influence my vote. <laughs> Absolutely, the blockchain, the block size will be increased. I agree with Corey. That's so three for three. Everyone here, everyone here agrees. Block blocks need to increase. Now, now, it's you know I'm not, I'm going to say that it, it's absolutely going to be increased, but it's only a short-term fix. You, sh- you increase the block size, all it does is postpone the problems that we currently have until the congestion of transactions in the future reaches what we have now or you know, becomes a, a percentage of the blockchain that could then potentially clog up, clog up transactions, clog up the network and make things slow. Well, it will, it'll increase the transaction time dramatically. No. It just increases the required network um, bandwidth you, you need to keep up with the full node. It, it allows you, for more transactions per second. How is it increasing by what? Like 20 megabytes? It, I forget what it was, right? So it's like a, essentially an order of magnitude increase around that. So you say you need, you know, 10 kilobytes per second in order to keep up with the blockchain. Now you need, you know, 100 kilobytes per second to keep up with the blockchain and things like that. So it, it increases the bandwidth and therefore computational power in order to deal with the network of the blockchain and Bitcoin, but it doesn't it, it doesn't tackle the problems of dealing with microtransactions and congestion of a network and dealing. So Visa currently does I don't know forget something forgot the numbers, but something like forty thousand transactions. Forty nine thousand transactions per second. I tweeted that. Yeah, so it's it, the the Visa network currently has the capability of dealing with a ridiculous number of transactions per second, whereas currently the Bitcoin deals with something like three to four, seven. I don't know. We'll say order of magnitude ten transactions per second, which is something that's if we try to scale is negligible. So if a, a technology will die if it's not scalable. In order, and, and currently, we don't have the answer to make it scalable to that order of magnitude. So until we find some type of answer, you know, vis-a-vis the you know, lightning network or whatever magical solution we come up with with micro, you know, microtransaction channels and micropayments and all these things, we have to find some type of temporary solution, which for now is increasing the blockchain size. 
I got the solution. I just thought of it. We're going to have decentralized chain after decentralized chain after decentralized chain, all pumping into one chain. You can say these things. <laughs> Boom. Done. Boom. Done. So, somebody work on that shit. Patent that yeah. shit. Put my name on it. Put my name on it. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this thing up. Talk a little bit about bit license. Um, talked about block size increase. TK stopped by. Tell us a little bit about what's going on in Africa. Corey has no clue what's going on in Brazil. <laughs> nope. I've got my head stuck in the sand out here, man. <laughs> Get out and meet people, man. I do, but yeah. it's difficult. <laughs> I imagine. Um, I do have a thought that I like to give before we go. Alright, there's a myth in certain circles that it's too late to get into Bitcoin. That if you didn't buy in early, then you missed the boat. Thinking you're too late to get into Bitcoin is like thinking you're too late to get into the internet. So that's just ludicrous. You know, if you're listening to this show, visit the website, get to know about Bitcoin, feel free to write into the show if you have any questions. That's why we're here. You know and um to say something on top of that, I I have a I have a Google uh, email news notifications. So anytime Bitcoin pops up in the news that Google gets, I get an email with all those all those things. And one of those things I saw today, it said, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, some company or some people estimate Bitcoin price of $1 million in the future. Here's why. So it's still early adoption. That may be ridiculous or it may not. I don't know how things are going to go depending on what adoption entails but in the essence of thing we're in the essence of everything we're still in infancy yeah little babies, little babies and people need to know no, how this stuff works check out our website you can learn a lot yeah and uh next week we will be back with the organizer of the first annual bitcoin women's day sarah boone martin who's also the ceo of rock the coin which engages in grassroots community outreach about Bitcoin. So I'm excited about that'll be one. cool. Is it weird? I want to sing the rock the cash box. When you say every time you say that. <laughs> rock the coin. Rock the cash box? Rock the, is it cash box? It's not cash box? You've never heard that, that, that scene in that commercial? Lock the cash box? Never mind. I'm going to leave it at that. No, it's not cash we, box. We should end the show before she decides <laughs> she doesn't want to be on. Yeah, let's go ahead and end this and play that. Peace. Goodbye, everybody.